On today's episode of Check the Scoreboard Podcast, I just lightly break down all the offseason moves and acquisitions. Plus, I'll let you know what I was up to this offseason. So all that and more on Check the Scoreboard. Welcome in to episode 39, everybody. Episode 39, and also welcome into a new season of the NBA and Check the Scoreboard Podcast. This is season two for Check the Scoreboard Podcast, and this is season, I don't know what number it is, for the NBA, but it's so good to be back. Uh, this is going to be a short episode. Uh, it's just going to be a little tiny episode. It's not going to be anything super deep, Anything super meaningful, I'm not going to say anything crazy or outlandish. Like, I think the Lakers are going to finish sixth or something like that in the Western Conference. This is just going to be to catch you guys up a little bit on what's happened in the offseason and kind of where I think things are going. Also, what I've been doing this summer. What have y'all been doing this summer? I post this on all my social media pages, um, Twitter, Instagram. Wait, no, not Instagram. Twitter, Facebook. And everything, and so you guys can let me know what y'all have been up to this summer. I follow most of y'all on social media, so I kind of know what y'all have been up to this summer. Uh, but it would be nice, you know, just let me know. Uh, but it's man, this it's crazy. This is crazy. Also, before we we go too deep, I want to say thank you to everybody who who listened last season and uh, who was so uh, who was a part of last season. If you came on the show last season, thank you to all the homies that came on. Thank you to all the homies who provided feedback. Um, everyone who listened. I appreciate you guys. We we went over 1,000 listens um, last last year from from all the episodes up to I guess like the latest that I did over the summer uh, with the homies when we talked about football sort of. Um, but I appreciate everybody, every single one of you, every single listen, every single viewer. I uh, appreciate all of you guys, and I uh, just wanted to go know that before we we go on and we move on any further. So where are we headed with this? It's season two. Uh, check the scoreboard podcast. What can you guys expect? Can you guys expect more consistency? Well, I don't really know. I feel a lot more comfortable doing this thing. Uh, I know that when I started it last year, I talked about uh, my introductory episode. I talked about how I just like it just was sort of like an epiphany that I wanted to do a podcast and I just sort of did it and I'd never done anything like this before. And so uh, that's what happened this year. I don't know. Uh, I just... I just hope to bring you guys just quality basketball content. I know there are t- there are tons and tons and tons of podcasts out there, and a lot of podcasts talk about a lot of different things, and there are a lot of sports podcasts, and there are a lot of basketball podcasts. So for you guys to take the time to um, to listen to my podcast about hoops, it really means a lot to me. And shout out to all my friends who have their own podcasts, Tyler, Jacob, uh, guys. You know, uh, I love I love the stuff that they do and the content that they put out. It's different. Um, it's not sports related. If you guys are interested in it, um, I'll plug them later on my Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And then I'll plug them. Uh, and I know, I know, uh, Tyler's is called the stash house podcast for sure. And that's available on, on all other platforms, like, um, on, you know, in the Apple podcast and Spotify and things like that. Jacob's, uh, I gotta, I don't want to get it wrong. So I gotta, I gotta, I got to double check uh, for Jacobs. I know it's, I think it's strange. It's got, it's got strange in the title, but shout out to those guys, man. They, they kept the summer jumping and they kept the summer moving along while I was taking a little break because I felt like I needed the break. Um, It was cool to have the break and I had a cool summer. I did a lot of things. Um, I saw the homies. Uh, My friends came up from college. Um, 
and we all hung out and had our fantasy football draft, which is not going well for me, by the way. Um, so far, four weeks into the season, but it's cool. I'll sacrifice fantasy football losses for Philadelphia Eagles wins. And speaking of Eagles, I went to my first Eagles game, actually. Um, I went to my first Eagles game this month or last month. It's October the 1st. It's a new month. It's, uh, I went to my first Eagles game in September. It was the Eagles-Falcons game. It was a ton of fun. Even though the Eagles lost, the experience was amazing. I want to thank my friends John and Jalen for going with me. It was uh, it was an incredible experience, one I'll never forget. We sat in, you know, we were at the very top of the stadium. We had a super cool view of the field. We we were in an area with a bunch of Eagles fans, so it kind of it sort of felt like what it would be like to go to a, a home game, uh, a Philadelphia Eagles home game. Man, it was it was what a it was it was honestly just so the experience was so good that uh, I didn't actually I wasn't too upset that we lost that the Eagles lost. It would have been nice to win, especially with everything that happened in that game. And I'm not going to go super far into it, but what it, I mean, it was just awesome. It was just cool. So, um, but I did keep up with with basketball and things like that over the summer. So I'm obviously very well aware, very well aware of things that have happened um, and everything like that. And so. What I'm going to do is, is this episode, like I said, it's just going to be like a, a tiny episode. It may not even be 30 minutes. I don't even think I'm going to make it 30 minutes um, if I make it that far. But I will tell you guys that in the coming weeks, next week and the week after that, I'll do, uh, I'll go in depth like I did last year. I'll, I'll separate. I'll go in depth with the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Uh, do, I'll give, I'll give my predictions for who makes the playoffs in, e- in each conference and and where I think each team stands and things like that. So uh, we're not going to do any of that. This is the first episode of the new season. Um, so we're not going to do that. We're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it simple. What I will talk about, though, is I'll give a general synopsis or general idea or thought. I don't have any notes open right now. This is all completely off the top of the dome, off the top of the head. Uh, I will give my honest uh, thoughts on, on general things. Like the Lakers, for instance, if you guys want to start there, I'll start there. Um, we know what they have coming into the season. We know what they, they did in the offseason. They trade away uh, Lonzo. They trade away Brandon Ingram. And they trade away Josh Hart to New Orleans. And they get Anthony Davis, right? That's the piece that they wanted. That's what they've been wanting. And we knew that they couldn't get that piece without giving up something. Um, and they And they gave up a lot. But, you know, they're trading it. They're trading their young guys for um, a win now team, uh, a guy who's going to put them over the top, who they who they hope will put them over the top, um, especially in a Western Conference that's now more level, right? Because there's no Kevin Durant in Golden State anymore. A ton happened in the offseason. No Kevin Durant in Golden State, so the Lakers get Anthony Davis. So you automatically think that the Lakers become the favorites until the Clippers add Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and all that. But first for the Lakers, um, they get, you know, they get a perennial all-star, you know, a defensive player of the year candidate, a defensive player of the year in Anthony Davis and the legitimate MVP candidate every single, you know, of his, his latter years is in, in New Orleans. So they get a guy who, who runs the floor well, uh, he spaces the floor. He can shoot the jump shot. He can play with his back to the basket. He can get to the rim easily. He's a dominant force. Anthony Davis is incredible. What an incredible basketball player he is. And so he's going to bring a lot to this Lakers team, right? 
Um, if there's a question for this Lakers team, it's what do they have coming off the bench, right? Kyle Kuzma is going to be solid to start the season with a, a foot injury he suffered with Team USA, who in themselves have some explaining to do uh, from their performance in the in the World Cup. But Kuzma gets hurt, Team USA. He's going to miss uh, the first couple weeks, maybe even the first month of the season. He won't play in October at least. And the season starts at the end of this month anyway, so it's not like saying, like, oh, Kuzma will miss – the rest of October and he'll be back in November. It's not like they're gonna he's gonna miss a ton of games, right? The season starts October twenty second this year, uh, or October twenty something in the twenties this year, instead of uh, a week earlier when it pretty much usually starts. Um, so I mean that's not, but he is. Someone said that he is gonna miss building chemistry with the team and things like that, and I do think that that's true to a degree. Um, you practice reps don't they don't necessarily you know simulate game reps he's going to miss the preseason games um so he's not he's he's not going to be as ready as as his teammates but i think the lakers they they will be a good team any team lebron james is on is going to be a good team um let's get that and if he had played you know if he was healthy the entire season last year the lakers make the playoffs without a doubt uh, that's i mean you you don't have to argue me you don't have to argue with me on that one. He misses what? He misses a month or a month and a half, and they fall from like third or fourth all the way out of the, the race. LeBron James on the on the floor every single night during that stretch doesn't he doesn't let that happen. That doesn't happen. So this Lakers team should be back in the playoffs this year for the first time uh, since what 2013, 2012, something like that. This Lakers team should be back in the playoffs. But on the uh, their counterparts, the their, you know, the guys will be sharing the Staples Center with them every other night, or you know, the the Clippers, formidable. They are very good. They were very good last. They were very impressive last year for what they did, the run that they made, the pieces that they had, and they didn't really give up too much for it. Uh, for what they got, they they signed Kawhi Leonard. They trade for Paul George. And they did give up Shy Gilgis Alexander, who I who I was fond of as a Clipper during his his first his rookie season. Um, but they trade him away. He gets a new opportunity in, in Oklahoma City. They give up the draft picks, uh, which of course you have to you you're going to give up. Um, but I think the the grand scheme of this is you get the players that you want. The players are where they want to be, and we're going to see how this goes. Again, Paul George, much like Kyle Kuzma, is going to miss. October. He's not going to play until November. He said, uh, "You know, Paul George had surgery in the off season on his shoulder, and we'll see where he is coming back from that." Uh, but you have Kawhi Leonard, and as long as you have Kawhi Leonard, it's much like having LeBron James now. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, a top five, a top three player in the league, in the world, he can do a lot. He can do anything you ask him to do. He can rebound. He can push the ball. Uh, he can shoot. He can, he can make plays for other people. So you have him and you have a core around him and you're going to get, you're going to have a lot of success even without Paul George. And even if they don't get up to a great start, a fast start, it's not really, it's not going to be as concerning, right? The Lakers started with one and three last year, one and four or something like that. Or it may have even gotten as bad as like two and six. And LeBron rallied them back. That's the kind of power that Kawhi has. And he'll have Paul George coming back with him. So, and they have Patrick Beverly, and they have—I uh, mean—they've got Montrezl Harrell coming off the bench. So 
they've got pieces. Um, this is going to be a dangerous team. This is going to be a team that's going to compete for a number one, number two seed in the Western Conference, especially with Golden State down this year. Um, I think Golden State's going to be competitive. I'm not saying that Golden State's going to fall to five or six. Um, I have. I was thinking about it earlier in the summer when everything was going down. I did think that they could slip to maybe like a five or six, especially without Clay. Uh, Clay's not coming back until February, maybe March, um, with his torn ACL. So, but I think Golden State's going to be very competitive. I know that the Western Conference has balanced itself out, but I still think uh, they have a championship pedigree. They have the they have the players. They lost a lot. They lost Iguodala. They lost the Jordan Bells, uh, Sean Livingston, Livingston who retired. You know, happy retirement to the to the God and. And, and Sean Livingston, who had a wonderful career, an inspirational career, coming back from, you know, the the, the horrible injury, the gruesome injury that he came back from, and to 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 shell out to carve out a, a successful career for him himself, um, a champion, a multi, you know, a, a multi champion. Um, it's what a story, right? You couldn't write it any better if a guy had to start his career off in the you know the way that Sean Livingston does. So. Golden State loses these pieces. They lose Kevin Durant, the biggest piece of all from that team. Uh, but they still have Steph, Clay, and Draymond. And when Clay comes back, um, admittedly, this might be a down year. This might be a miss year for Golden State. I know Draymond said that at Media Day recently. Draymond says that he thinks that they can compete for a title. And I mean, they are the the defending champs in the Western Conference until someone until someone beats them and knocks them out. Um, so they have that confidence. We know what Steph can give you. Uh, we saw what Steph can give you without Kevin Durant in the playoffs last year. Over 30 points a game. Um, <clears throat> he averaged and he averaged and he scored 30 straight and, and seven or eight straight. Uh, that included from the Western Conference semis, all through the Western Conference finals, all through the, the first part of the NBA finals. So you know what Steph can give you without. Uh, he, can, he, he can play without Kevin Durant. You know that. Um, can he play without Clay? We'll find out. Well, that's where D'Angelo Russell comes in. Um, they add they add Russell via trade in the offseason, a sign-and-trade deal. So who knows where that's going to go in, in itself, but you know, that's what they have, right? And then you've got teams like Utah in the Western Conference who, who, who get Mike Conley, right? They level up. They get Mike Conley. They get Jeff Green. Um, they lose Rubio, um, but I think Conley is an upgrade from Rubio. You know, playing next to Donovan Mitchell, I think Mitchell will learn a lot. Um, I think Conley is a steady guy. He gives you scoring. He, he gives you playmaking. He's underrated as a point guard. One of the more underrated players in this league, if not the most underrated. Um, Conley should definitely have been an all-star by this time in his career. It's it's baffling to think that he's never been an all-star. playing. In, I know he's, he played in Memphis and, and – they haven't been great as of late, but he was on some of those. He was on those teams, those Memphis teams with Mark Gasol and Zach Randolph and Tony Allen, who made pushes to the to the NBA playoffs and gave teams like Dallas a run for their money in the first round. Gave teams like Golden State uh, when Golden State's dynasty was first kicking off. It gave them a run for their money in the first round. So uh, Conley very very much overlooked, but we'll see how he plays in this in this new environment in Utah. Alongside Mitchell, alongside Ingles with Gobert, um, those guys are going to be good. Those guys are going to be those guys are going to be really good. I think they made a, a big leap. I think they just Mitchell's got a Mitchell already made the jump last year. He overcame the sophomore slump. Um, 
now he's got to put it together when they get to the playoffs. And maybe that comes from him not having to, to be the number one or the main guy per se, um, having to take everything on his, you know, his 22, 23 year old shoulders just now or right now. Um, just give a guy who can give him a breather, like Mike Conley, a guy like that who can set other guys up, um, who can set himself up. So maybe that's what he needs. And that's, that's what Ricky Rubio didn't provide. Um, you couldn't just say like, Ricky, go get us a bucket, uh, go do something offensively for us uh, without us having to, to make a play for you. And I think that's what Conley does provide over Ricky Rubio, which will, which will allow Donovan to breathe, to, to breathe a little bit. Houston obviously adds Russell Westbrook. Um, they get back, they bring back PJ Tucker, and they they sign Eric Gordon to a to a long term extension, a four year or three year extension. They have Harden, right? They've got Capella. They've got pieces. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this this dynamic plays out with Westbrook and Harden. I don't know if it's going to work or not. These guys are. It worked in Oklahoma City because these those guys. Are, they were in different stages of their lives and their basketball careers than they are now, right? You think about Harden and where he is in his basketball career, um, what it takes for him, what he has to do to get going, how he has to have the ball in his hands. And you think about what Russ is in his career now, and especially what he was in Oklahoma City after Kevin Durant left, uh, how much he had the ball in his hands and, and things like that. So, And what it was like when he was with Paul George and, and still how much, you know, another superstar. It's going to be interesting to see how this dynamic works, how it plays out. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be success immediately. I know people are looking for that, and, and and I know that's what they want, especially Houston fans. They feel like they have a chance, but who knows what this is going to be. You just have to see how it plays out. Um, there are going to be a lot of – I know there are going to be a lot of, a lot of jokes on the internet and, and things like that about, um, you know, the stats and the triple doubles and things like that. Uh, but when it comes down to it, Russell Westbrook is a winner. James Harden is a winner. They'll figure it out. I do believe they're professionals. Um, they're best. They're, they're, you know, two of the best basketball players on this planet uh, and two of the best guards on this planet. So uh, they, they can figure it out and they have a real friendship. They have a real bond. They're both from California. Um, so, you know, they're, you know, they grew up playing against each other. They, they went to Pac-12 schools or Pac-10 schools back then. That's what they were known as in Arizona State and UCLA. You know, as I said, they ended up on um, Oklahoma City together their first couple of years in the league before Harden gets traded off to Houston. Um, I mean, so these guys, these guys go way back. These guys go way back and they played on a couple of Team USA teams together. So it could work. It's possible for it to work and we'll see how it, we'll see how it plays out. Um, that's going to be one of the more intriguing storylines, I think, to watch all season. Not just the LeBron Anthony Davis thing, but but the Harden Westbrook thing. Uh, just see how it works. See where they where these guys. See how big of a difference Russell Westbrook makes in the playoffs over Chris Paul per se, because that's what you're talk. That's what we're talking about, right? That's the switch that happened. Um, Chris Paul goes to Oklahoma City, and, and Houston gets Russell Westbrook. So let's see how big of an improvement they make in the playoffs. Can they get past Golden State? It should be a lot easier now to get past Golden State. Can Russell Westbrook shoot the three uh, as effectively uh, as the D'Antoni offense calls for? Because Russ has not been great. He's only shot above 32% in his career twice. Um, 
and he shot his worst percentage last year from three. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The Harden is a better shooter than Westbrook. Um, that's just, I mean, that's just the facts. Will Westbrook work out on that, in that offense? Only time will tell. Uh, but Chris Paul being in, in, in Oklahoma City, that's, that's a head scratcher. Uh, you wonder how long he's going to be there. What is it? What can he do for that? What can he do for that franchise um, at this stage in his career? Right. What can Shy Gilgis Alexander learn from Chris Paul uh, during this time before eventually Oklahoma City becomes his team? Chris Paul has an enormous contract. He's, he still owes a lot of money. Um, but could Oklahoma City, if they are in the rebuilding mode and it looks like they're in the blow it up mode, um, how long do they hold Chris Paul until they get until they give him away? Miami seems like a possible destination, or it seemed like one when we were when when trade talks were happening all summer long. Um, but what 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 is he going to do for this for this franchise for this team? Uh, that is going to be that is going to be what I look for. Not not how many games can this Oklahoma City team win? Not how bad are they going to be? But what can Chris Paul do for this franchise in the possible like small amount of time that he's there? If anything, what can he teach Shy? What can he teach him? Uh, Gildas Alexander, one of the best rookies last year. What can what can he learn from Chris Paul? What can he get better at? Can he become a better playmaker? Can he become a better mid-range shooter? He shot the ball well from three last year, 40%, I believe, if not better. He shot the ball well from from mid-range, so. Um, what, what, uh, if shy really, he's, he's already great defensively. Chris Paul, one of the best, you know, in his, during his time, a, a solid defensive point guard. I mean, he led the league in steals, uh, a couple of times. So shy has got a, a larger frame, obviously shy's like six, four, six, five. Chris Paul is barely six feet. If that, if they give him that, um, shy Gilgis, uh, longer frame, better defensively. Better, better with his feet. Um, but what can he learn from Chris Paul? That's what I'm looking for uh, from this department. A couple of teams, when you're talking about uh, teams who are going to be surprising, uh, I haven't even talked about Denver because, I mean, Denver, Denver pretty much, they just copied and pasted the same team from last year to this year. Um, can they play at the same level? Can they, was last year a fluke year for them? I don't believe so. Um, but we'll see, you know, like, where where do they fall in the pecking order? Uh, that's going to be you know can they can they maintain their high level of play? Portland can Portland maintain their high level of play? Can they get better? You, they, we talk about the extension that they gave that they gave CJ. Um, so those guys, he and Dammer together, they make the trade. They get Hassan Whiteside. Um, you know they I mean they're draft picks. They traded away Myers Leonard uh, for for Whiteside. So. Um, you know, how, how good are they going to be? But surprise teams, teams that are going to come up on the horizon who are going to be challenging, who are going to we're going to challenge some of these better teams for, for playoff positioning, uh, looking to break their way through. The Sacramento Kings absolutely had a fantastic year last year. One of, the, you know, one of the more improved teams, if not, you know, obviously not from, from numbers-wise, from wins-wise, the most improved, but one of the more improved teams to see on the court last year. Um, they, they bring in Luke Walden. Um, as, as a new head coach, so are they going to take a step back? In that perspective, they've got the players. They've got the talent. 
but what are they going to put on the court? Um, or, or, or how are they going to play under Luke Walton? That's, that's going to be the, that's going to be what I'm looking for. Dallas, Dallas should be, they get Porzingis, right? Porzingis is coming back. He should be healthy from his ACL injury. They didn't rush him back last year. They let him take his time. He had all, he had all summer to, to work in the gym. I don't think he played international ball. I don't think Doncic played international ball. Uh, so those guys should be fresh going into the season. Doncic, one of the better, I mean, obviously you saw it last year. He, he rookie of the year over Trey Young phenomenal what a basketball player right almost 20 a game uh averaging almost five assists a game and averaging almost you know five or six rebounds a game so Perzingis is going to elevate his play Perzingis, you know what he can do he stretches the floor he runs the floor very well he can shoot the ball he can finish inside he can play with his back to the basket he plays defense he led the league in blocks you know the year that he got injured um or he actually led the led the league in blocks you know the year before when he played you know the entire season so uh this team is going to be dallas is going to be a lot of fun to watch uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch they're going to they're going to ruin someone's season and they may be the spurs i don't know how well the spurs are going to be you, you just wait on the spurs to to fall uh, i don't know if this is the year that they do it but if they do i think a team like dallas could swoop in and steal their spot in the playoffs it, it could easily happen because this dallas team should go as luca and, and porzingis goes and they should be pretty – I mean, the talent is there. They've got – Porzingis, one of the more talented big guys. He's seven feet tall and can stretch the floor. How do you defend that, right? And he's added muscle. He looks like the Terminator, uh, or he looks like Ivan you know, Ivan Drogoff or whatever. Ivan Drago, whatever. I don't know, from the Rocky movies. It's insane to think about what they could do. Um, that's about it for the Western Conference. Uh, that's, that's just you know running through teams off the top of my head that's that's about it right and then you go out east obviously kevin durant makes you know the trade the trade from kevin durant from golden state to to brooklyn Kyrie traded to to brooklyn or signs with brooklyn um in the offseason brooklyn automatically becomes you know a favorite right they're not going to be a favorite this year because kevin durant may not play they said he's not going to play even though there have been reports that said that kevin durant could return this year I'm with Kyrie on this one. I'm with Kyrie. If, if Kevin Durant's not 100%, if he doesn't feel 100%, even if he feels like he's close to 100%, I wouldn't rush it, dude. It's just – I know it, it's it's one year. It's one year. Kevin Durant just turned 31, um, literally a couple days ago, just turned 31, and I get it. You know, he he's in he's in his prime. Uh, but Kyrie is – I'm with Kyrie on this one in, in terms of looking out for his, his long-term health um, his mental health, just not, just not wanting Kevin to feel rushed. Um, sort of, I guess, like we did with him in Golden State, right? We, everyone's like, uh, Kevin Durant come back and play in the finals. Like the Warriors are going to come back and win. Kevin Durant comes back. He plays not even a half before he, you know, he ruptures his Achilles. So I'm with, I'm with Kyrie on this one. Uh, Kevin Durant, take all the time you need, buddy. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be selfish with this thing and say, like, I want to see Kevin this year. Uh, injuries are, are serious, and they they ruin basketball seasons, and they ruin seasons in general, uh, and I hate seeing injuries. But if I want to see a guy play at his best or if I want to see a guy and, and, and just know that a guy is just at his happiest and, and feels his best, then I would rather him miss the entire season if that's what it takes. Um, if Clay was like, yo, I don't – you know, I don't want to come back this season. Yeah, it would suck, but I mean, Clay, it's Clay's life. It's his body. Uh, it's his future. So 
Um, and that's what and that's what you have to remember. These guys have futures. These guys have families. Um, they have things that they want to do after basketball. Um, so if they want to miss a, a season, 82 games, 100 games, somewhere around there, when you factor in the playoffs potentially, then that's fine. I'm cool with it. Um, but, the, I mean, the Nets, obviously they become much improved uh, with Kyrie over, over D'Angelo Russell possibly uh, for, for that team. And shout out to D'Lo for, for doing what he did for that Brooklyn Nets team last year. I know it was a collective team effort, but he raised his level of play to get them to where they got, to push them to where uh, they they had the Sixers, you know, they lose to the Sixers in what, six, five? Um, so kudos to him and, and, and what he did for that team. And then you obviously have the Bostons and the Milwaukee's and, and the Toronto's um, of the of the Eastern Conference. Um, Toronto loses Kawhi, so if you're not sure what they're going to be this year, obviously um, Kawhi, a big part of their team, a big part of their championship winning team. Um, but I mean, Toronto's got scrappers. They got fighters in themselves. They should get OG and enemy back this year from injury. He missed the playoff run last year with uh, appendicitis, I believe. Uh, you know, they get back, um, you know, they, I mean, Kyle Lowry's still back. This is a contract year for him. You can expect his level of play to be to be up there. Uh, what else you've got? I mean, they've got Pascal. Uh, he played well at times um, during the regular season or during the playoff run last year. Um, they lose Danny Green, of course. That that hurts. Uh, but they they resign Marc Gasol. Marc Gasol resigns for another year, and so you. You, you don't know what this Raptors team is going to give you, but they, they bring veteran experience and they bring guys who were on that team last year and they bring guys back who, who contributed a major part to that, to that season and their success. So that's what you have there. Um, we're going to take a tiny break because we're going to be cut off here and we're about at our 30 minute limit. I'll go a little bit over 30 minutes, probably maybe like 40, 45, just for the sake of uh, this podcast. Uh, to, to be able to flush out completely our Eastern Conference team. So uh, hold tight. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Uh, I, we had to take a short break because it doesn't let me record longer than 30 minutes on the app that I – or the, the site that I use. So uh, we stopped off at talking about the Toronto Raptors. And we don't really know what they're going to be this year, right? But we know that they bring back – guys who who were experienced on that on that playoff run that championship uh run and Kyle Lowry, Marcus Gasol, Pascal Siakam, Anunoby, Norman Powell's back um, so yeah that's I mean that's what the Raptors bring right and then you talk about teams like the Sixers who I didn't mention uh in that last part at the end there they also become better they add Al Horford to their starting lineup they trade for Josh Richardson right that Jimmy Butler trade where they swap Richardson uh and and so in, in another player for, for Jimmy Butler. Um, so this, and they re-signed Tobias Harris. Uh, so their starting five becomes lengthy. Literally their starting five is one of the tallest by wingspan or whatever in the entire league. Um, so that, that tremendously helps them. Right. But, but how well is Ben Simmons going to play? Um, ben Simmons is the key to that offense. He really, I mean, he is just when you think about how much space on the floor, I don't, if you guys hear that noise in the background, they're doing some sort of work outside in my apartment complex. I apologize. Uh, but Ben Simmons, when you think about 
Philadelphia's playoff run last year, and, and it ends in Toronto because they could single out Ben Simmons and say, look, if this dude wants to shoot, I mean, we'll let him shoot, right? Because he's a liability because he couldn't. It's not – or if he could if, if he could shoot and he just lacked the confidence, then he just didn't have the confidence to shoot. Um, and now everybody's 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 basically uh, – they're fawning over this this video that surfaced of him over the summer shooting threes and, and running whatever just little rec league games uh, with his NBA friends um, in the gym shooting threes. Well, he did the same thing literally last summer. Last summer he literally posted that there was a video posted of him shooting threes in the gym last summer before last season, and he didn't shoot a three in the like he he didn't take a, a single attempt. Uh, all, all year if he did he took one and it was a half court shot and he missed it so that doesn't really count his numbers say per basketball reference he takes over 60 percent of his shots from five feet or in inside that's in his field goal percentage from five feet or in it's like 90 percent outside of that it drops to like 70 percent and then it drops tremendously to like 16 percent um Last year, that was those that was his field goal percentage. As you as you get further and further away from the basket, so Ben he is the key to that offense. It's not Joel Embiid. It's not ah oh, Joel Embiid has to produce. We need Joel Embiid to do this, and we need him to be that. No, Joel Embiid. If the floor is shrunk, if Ben Simmons can hang around the, if he's just going to clog the lane, hang around the paint, do whatever, Joel Embiid doesn't have he doesn't have room to work. And if they're going to sag off of. Ben Simmons, and if they're gonna say, "Look, if this dude can stand at the three point line and hit a three, that's cool," uh, but we're gonna double and beat down low or triple team him down low, then what do you what do you expect from him? Like, what do you what do you want Joel to do? It's either Tobias Harris or JJ Redick's in threes uh, for them last year, and, and now Redick is gone. Redick is in New Orleans, so he's. I mean, so now this year, what do you want? You want Harris to shoot the three? You want Harris taking all the threes? You want him while the pressure be on him? Do you want Josh Richardson taking threes? He didn't shoot. He didn't shoot it awfully last year, but he, I mean, he, he's no, he's no sharpshooter for sure. Uh, I mean, so and Al Horford now he and I mean he and Embiid are kind of like the. I mean, I guess you would rather have Horford outside the paint shooting the threes because he shoots it better than Embiid. Embiid only shoots it around thirty percent, and and Horford who shoots it, I guess, closer to forty percent. But it's not. I mean, it's it's not a really it's not really ideal for any situation unless Ben Simmons gets better. You saw it with Milwaukee, what Toronto did with with Giannis. They just sagged off him and let him shoot threes. Giannis made thirty three percent of his attempts in that series in in the Eastern Conference Finals. Ben Simmons becomes something like that. Teams respect him more, and it opens things up. It opens. I mean, they 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 have to they have to sort of respect it. They can't just double and triple team on JoJo. Um, so Ben Simmons is going to be the key to that Philadelphia offense. They're, they're going to be good enough to make the playoffs. Obviously they should be barring something catastrophic happening. Um, I don't even want to talk. I don't even want to think about an injury, but let's just say that they just, the chemistry is just not there and it just doesn't work. And they just, I don't know. They just fluke the pig. Um, they should be in the playoffs and when they get there and when they get deeper and deeper, um, and I don't know if it's going to be more of a, a challenge for them this year because of, you know, the East, the, the the power in the East really is sort of in Philadelphia. Um, but let's say they match up against Milwaukee or something like that, who would be very tough for them. Again, um, 
they gotta they gotta figure it out. They gotta figure a way. Ben Simmons has to be a he's gonna be the factor. He's gonna be the X factor, and that's what we're gonna be talking about all season long. Uh, NBA TV, uh, you know, the TNT set, ESPN, all those guys are gonna be talking about Ben Simmons as the X factor by the time the playoff the playoffs get here. So what can he do? How how and he said he's open to shooting threes this year if if he's open. Um, and that's probably smart. I mean, obviously you don't want to take a bad shot, but he's got to at least, he's got to do it. And he's got to shoot it with confidence. If he's just jacking up threes because he's open, that's not going to do it. That's not going to do anything for his team. He's got to shoot it with confidence. If he does it with confidence, then that's, and he's missing shots. That's one thing because he's got the confidence. You can see the rhythm. His shot looks good. It's solid. Um, he's just not knocking him down. That'll come over time. But if he's just not confident, he's just throwing up shots. That's not going to do his team any good. So that's where that's what we're talking about here with Ben Simmons. On the other side, on the, another team, Milwaukee, they lose Brogdon to the Pacers. The Pacers, who I think are going to be uh, improved, they lose. You know, the Pacers. I'll get to them in a second. But Milwaukee, they lose Brogdon. Um, they re-sign Middleton to the max. They've got Giannis will be eligible for a, like a, a trillion dollar max. It's really going to be like two sixty or something. It's going to be insane. It's going to be crazy for possibly the world's best basketball player. Um, he's definitely the 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 best. He's the best non-American basketball player um, on the planet right now. The best non-American. But when you talk about in the NBA or the world, he's up there. Um, and I have confidence that Giannis is going to come in this year. With a much better jump shot and much fluid, much more fluid jump shot and much more consistent jump shot. As I mentioned, thirty-three percent in the in the Eastern Conference Finals to the Raptors. And then granted, they let him shoot a lot of those um, unimpeded and, and and wide open, but still, he still made thirty-three percent of those. Right. So you have to respect it, Giannis. I expect him to make another leap. MVP from last year, twenty-seven a game, twenty-eight a game. I expect him to make a leap now with his jump shot ability, which makes him all the more dangerous. When you think about a guy who's seven feet, uh, basically Porzingis. Think about Porzingis, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, that is what we're talking about here. Um, if he can do that with his athletic ability, with his ability to attack the rim, with his strength, um, Giannis is going to be in- unstoppable. And he could carry this Bucks team to another number one seed. He could carry this Bucks team deep into the playoffs. But it all hinges on him once again. But I think he's got the determination. I think the thing that separates him from Ben Simmons is Giannis wants it. He's not afraid of it. I'm not saying Ben Simmons is afraid of it, but I've never seen him want it. I don't see that in him. If I, if if he did want it, if, if I did see it in him, he'd have made the concerted effort last year. He'd have recognized his own shortcomings, and he'd have tried to work on that. Giannis, thrown into the fire, uh, he he did the work. He put the work in. Um, even in the regular season, you saw him taking turnarounds from, you know, from, from outside the lane, shooting threes in games. You saw him do it. Um, he, he has to get consistent with that. He was in the gym with Kobe this summer again. Um, you heard him talk about, he doesn't like working out with other NBA guys because he, does, he doesn't want it to feel like it's buddy, buddy. I respect it. You know, whether guys want to work out with other NBA players or not, I respect it. I respect his reason because I can't. I can't say that it helps or hurts him in any kind of way. That's the way that he wants to go about his game, and that's the way he's going to do it. Um, you know, if he said he wanted to work out with guys, it's cool too, as long as he's getting the proper work in. I expect I expect good things from him. I expect big things from Giannis. Do I expect the Bucks to win the title this year? 
it's not entirely out of the po- it's not a, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Um, it's going to be tough, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. They're going to be they're going to go as he goes. Um, he could lead them though very deep into the playoffs. Indiana, Miami. Uh, I think those two teams will be fighting for uh, the fourth spot. Obviously, Victor Oladipo is going to be back this year at some point. I hope it's the beginning of the season. Uh, but once again, I'm going to play this like the Kevin Durant thing. Vic, take as much time as you need to. He literally just ruptured his, blew out his quad in January uh, or February. It, it, or yeah, no, it was the end of January. It's like the, the January 28th or 26th game, something like that. It's only October 1st, right? So we're talking about almost not even 10 months later. It'll be about 10 months later by the time the season starts or what one, two to, I can do math. Uh, yeah. So January to December or October, nine months. All right. Um, I don't know what the healing process is on that in terms of like timetable month wise. I didn't look that up. Like I said, I, I don't have anything open in front of me. If he's not a hundred percent or if whatever, then don't play. I would rather have Vic a hundred percent mentally and physically than have him there. You know what? 95% physically and like 80% mentally Vic, Take your time, dude. Uh, I'm happy that I'm just happy that he could walk again. Same with Nurkic in Portland. Uh, seeing Nurkic walk again and, and, and jog again and run up and down the court again after the injury that he suffered, his broken leg. Uh, dude, I'm just happy to see these guys back um, and, and healthy. So with Vic, same thing. I don't want. I mean, they lost. They lose Bogdanovich, which is which is a big which is a big L. They lose Thaddeus Young, a big L. Uh, but they add Brogdon. Uh, who I think is going to be great. Brogdon shoots the ball well. He shot it from – he was a 50-40-90 guy last year. Only seventh guy in, in history to do it from the, in the NBA. Uh, shout out to Atlanta Deladon for becoming the eighth person in, in basketball history, men or women, to, to accomplish that feat. So um, Brogdon, 50-40-90 guy, he's going to give you consistent shots from, from, from inside three, from, from the three, from the free throw line. He can make plays for other guys. Um, so it it looks like it looks like he his rookie of the year uh, was not a fluke. I know he was hurt a lot of his sophomore season and didn't play that great, um, but he, and he was hurt a lot last year. And he comes back and he still uh, rounds back into form. So I think the Pacers get a good guy in him. They do lose Bogdanovich, uh, but they do have Doug McDermott. McDermott could probably step in and fill that void that Bogdanovich is leaving in terms of shooting. Doug's always been a great shooter. Doug can put the ball down in the court. Uh, he can put he can put the ball down on the floor and and, and create for himself. Um, that's one thing that I would love to see him do more is create for himself. Um, they they lose Thaddeus Young. Sabonis has to step up. Excuse me. Sabonis has to step up. He's got to be a key cog for this team now, right? Sabonis, who was in you know arguably one of the the better six men of the year last year and could really have been in the the most improved conversation. Now he steps up. He had a strong playoffs uh, last year. They got bounced in the first round by Boston. Um, but still, I mean, Sabonis played well that series. Uh, he, he's got to be, he's got to make the, the, the leap. He's got to make an even, an even bigger leap than he made last year. So, um, he has to be that for them. He's got to be strong. Miles Turner has to step up. Miles Turner in the defensive conversation, his offense has to catch up to his defense. Now, Miles Turner, uh, he flexes his ability to be able to shoot the three a little bit. I would love to see him not shoot the three as much. I know that's what the league is becoming now, but I think Miles Turner can be dominant. He can rebound the ball very well. If if they can get some plays to him around the basket, if he's just got if he's just got solid touch around the rim, and he can and he can stretch the floor just a little bit, 
not not just not directly out to the three point line, uh, but but just a little bit outside the paint. I think that's where he can work. That's where he can live. That's where he can be productive. And Miles Turner makes the offensive leap right to catch up to his defense. Defensively, defensively, Miles Turner is there. Defensively, he's going to get the blocks. He's going to get the rebounds. He's going he's going to be in the defensive player of the year conversation. But offensively, Miles Turner has to jump from from 11, 13 points a game. He's got to jump up to 17 points a game. That's what this team needs of him. If they're going to fill the the, the void, if they're going to fill what they, they're losing from Bogdanovich and things like that, Turner has to be – he's got to make the offensive leap. Um, and he's got to be healthy. He's got to stay healthy. That's the Pacers. The Heat, they add Jimmy Butler. They lose Whiteside, but they gain Myers, Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard, a shooter. Whiteside, not a shooter. Whiteside – a complainer, Myers Leonard, not a complainer. Myers Leonard's going to get the job done. He's gonna he's gonna run up and down the court for you. He's gonna he's gonna get the rebounds. He's gonna get the dunks. Jimmy Butler, he's gonna bring the grittiness. He's gonna bring the heart. Deion Waiters, you know what they're getting from him. Uh, Deion Waiters, a Philly guy, strong at heart. Jimmy Butler coming from Philly, the 76ers last year. He's just got a he's just got a workhorse mentality, right? Jimmy Butler head down everything he came from uh, from a JUCO school to Marquette. Uh, to the Bulls, to from averaging like zero point six points, zero point six points per game, to being like most improved in an All Star, uh, Defensive Player of the Year conversation. So Jimmy Butler, he's got it right. He's got to lead this team. They've got Dragic. They don't deal Dragic in the off season. Uh, he should be healthy this year. They've got the pieces of Kelly Olynyk. He should be back. They've got the pieces. They've got to make. They've got to. They get into the playoffs. They got to. They got to. They got to get Heat basketball back to where it once was. When they had LeBron, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, is it going to be easy? Definitely not. Is it possible? Yes, it definitely is. With Jimmy Butler, it's possible. Jimmy Butler has to get better, not as a leader. Well, as a leader, yes, but also as a scorer. Jimmy Butler's got a. I know he averaged close to twenty a game, if not over twenty a game, and he played well when he got to Philly. But he's got to be consistent. Need outside scoring from Jimmy. Uh, he's going to get to the basket. He's going to get his free throws. He's going to always lead the league in free throws attempts. Or, or he's going to be up there, you know, towards the top. His outside game has to expand. Um, he's got to keep people conscious of that so that they don't start backing him down. And, and Jimmy's got the game, and he's got it. And, and some nights it's on for him, and some nights it's off. He's just got to be more consistent with it. Uh, but this Heat team is going to go as he goes. He's now the leader of that team. He's got the keys to the car. Eric Spolster is a, a wonderful coach. They signed him to an extension. Um, I mean, he's great. I mean, what he's, what he's done for these Heat teams without – LeBron and Chris Bosh and D Wade at times, and then a much older D Wade. What he's done with these teams, and now he's kept them relevant um, in the playoff conversation. If they're not making the playoffs, they're around it. They're in the fight. What he's done for them, it's it's he can do it. He's a coach. He can coach this. He can coach in this league. He can coach some hoops. Uh, so yeah, they're gonna go as he goes. Um, teams that I'm looking for to to sort of, I guess be the the Sacramento Kings or, or even the Dallas Mavericks of the Eastern Conference, the Orlando Magic. The Magic make the playoffs last year. They show that they've got it. They re-signed Vucevic. Um, I mean, they drafted they draft Chuma out of out of Auburn. Chuma Okiki. They they're gonna redshirt him, you know, air quote redshirt him. So he's not gonna play this year. He's coming off a torn ACL. I I like that move. It's smart. I appreciate it. Once again, looking out for for these guys is these guys is long term and making sure that they're completely healthy when they come back. Uh, and Chum is so young. I mean, he, he he came out as a junior, so he, I mean, Chum is so young. 
or a sophomore. He, I mean, just not in just in age. I mean, he's just he's got a long life ahead of him, a long basketball career, hopefully ahead of him to you know the 14th pick in the draft. High hopes for him, obviously, um, or or just outside of the lottery at 16. Um, high hopes for him, obviously, but I mean, the, the number one thing is these guys is health. Uh, so I, I appreciate what the the Magic are doing here, um, but I look for the Magic to sort of be the 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 Mavericks. And if I'm picking a team who who didn't make the playoffs last year to sort of maybe push their way into the party in the Eastern Conference, um, I don't know that that's going to happen. I, I really don't know. But if I had to pick a team, that's uh, I'll say I'll say I really like what um, my mind just went blank. I won't say I really like what the Wizards are doing, but a lot of it is going to maybe be the Wizards. I know John Wall may not play this year, and he shouldn't. And But, you know, they may blow it up with Bradley Bill, but they have Isaiah Thomas. He's a proven scorer. He's a leader. If he can stay healthy, and, and that's just been the story with him, if he can just stay healthy, um, he's proven. He's proven, right? The last time he, he played basketball for a full season, led the league in scoring with the Boston Celtics. So he's proven he's that guy. He can be that guy alongside Bradley bill with this young core. Uh, they draft Rui Hachimura who looked really solid out of Gonzaga. We'll see. Um, but I mean, I guess they'll be my Washington wizard or they will be my Dallas Mavericks of the Eastern conference. Cause I can't pick the, the, the Orlando magic cause they made the playoffs last year, but uh, that's what we got a little bit closer to 50 minutes um actually instead of uh 30 minutes like i want it but or 45 minutes but it's cool um but once again thank you guys so much for for last year and and i'm looking forward to a a new basketball season this year so um thank you guys and and yeah so we'll we'll officially get this thing rolling next week uh so check the scoreboard is back for for another season i appreciate you guys as always facebook twitter Instagram, Jamal Kennedy, that's J-A-H-M-A-L, Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y. That is my Twitter handle. Uh, just all together, no caps or no no underscores or anything between. Just straight up that. Um, Facebook, I mean, that's my name. Instagram, you can probably just look up my name. I don't know my Instagram name because I don't, I forget it. But that's that. Uh, thank you, guys. I look forward to to talking to you next week.